tuning into episode 87 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or anyone that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com, and there you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that is pathbackrecovery.com. Okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room today. It is my voice. It's gone. Um, I have been actually trying to warm up and uh, get it to sound as good. And I got air quotes in front of that as it does right now. And I'm not even sure why it kind of went on me Friday. And as a therapist, that can be a little bit of a rough go, but I feel pretty good. Um, in, well, I mean, actually scratch that. I actually feel like I was uh, hit by a small truck at a decent rate of speed. Um, but let me digress. Today's podcast is going to be short because my voice is gone and I have a nice passionate topic that I wanted to tackle, but I want to make sure that I have the pipes to do it justice. So I'm going to wait on that topic. But one of the first rules of putting out or better yet, sustaining a podcast is being consistent with the content. So I truly didn't want to skip a week and I have a couple of episodes in the can, as they say, but I didn't feel quite like I could even do those justice as well. So thus this mini podcast. So I want to read a poem today and I'm going to do that in just a couple of minutes. And I'm, and I'm going to challenge you to sit with this poem and uh, ponder it, meditate on it. And I promise you, it has the power to change your life for the better. It certainly has mine. But first, getting back to the getting hit by a truck comment at the risk of sounding proud or boastful or all of those kind of things. Uh, I've done a lot of running in my day, especially over the last 25 years or so. I, I think I've, I've kind of lost track and I've done the math, but I think I've done 60 or 70 or regular marathons, the marathon distance of 26.2 miles. And I've chased times like the build up to and running of the Boston Marathon, or I've just run casually with friends. Uh, I've chased relatively insignificant achievements for some, but what amounted to something big for me, like running the St. George Marathon, which is the most beautiful scenic marathon I've ever run, 10 times so I could be part of the 10 times club and get a special t-shirt. And then there are ultra marathons, which are the distances over 26.2 miles and uh, plenty of those 30 or more 50 Ks, uh, maybe a dozen or more 50 milers, a few hundred Ks and a dozen or more races or events that have taken me to the 100 mile distance or more, including a fundraiser I used to do in my local town to raise money for uh, the school that my kids were attending, where I was able to cover distances from, I think uh, the low was 111 miles one year to a peak of 125 miles a year three or four in. And that event continued for six years. And I would still be doing that, but that's a story for a different day. But my point being, I've done a lot of running and events and many times in my life, I've been asked if I would be interested in running one of those races that include obstacles, like uh, I think the, the Tough Mudder or the one that I did in particular, the Spartan race. And I've always politely declined and maybe even made a joke or two about, you know, not wanting to roll out of bed or, or paying for an event or something that's less than 50 miles or takes less than eight hours or something that I say that probably sounds like I think that I am better than those events. But the truth is, I've always just been scared of those events, honest to goodness. But I was finally encouraged by a friend who I just, I didn't want to say no to. I felt like I couldn't say no to. I mean, that was more importantly, I didn't want to. And I think secretly inside of me, I always wanted to try one of these events. So, um, and, and he had a team and actually even got my wife interested as well. So my wife and I joined his team. And so over the weekend, Saturday, we completed the, I believe it's called a Spartan Super Race just outside of Sacramento. And the race included, it was eight miles, which was some great, beautiful trail running at a, at a, uh, 
a ranch outside of Sacramento, but eight miles of trail running with 30 something obstacles. I forget what it was, 32, 33 something. And, and it was amazing and it was brutal and I felt old and then I felt young and I felt strong and then I felt weak. And I felt like I realized why I love running so much because it doesn't involve trying to scale walls of six or seven or eight feet or carrying buckets full of rocks or sandbags up a hill. But at the end of the day, or in particular at the end of this event, I felt bonded to this team. It was just this exhilarating experience with my wife. And we created memories that I know will last forever because they were photographed. And let's be honest, if it isn't photographed, it didn't happen. Or apparently that's the motto of uh, the kids these days, the new generation. But this did happen. And it was such an amazing experience. Um, I'm bruised. My my forearms are bruised from trying to climb walls. And I am sore. And I've, I've been the one to say this at times after 100 miles or a race or that sort of thing. That I would say I'm sore in places I never knew that I could be sore. I made a comment to my wife last night as I was pulling the drawer open to get my, my spoon for ice cream that I felt that. I, I felt sore in areas uh, as I'm mimicking the emotion right now somewhere in my back that I didn't even know I could be. Um, I was able to use one of my favorite jokes, as a matter of fact, after a particularly difficult time trying to scale a rope. Somebody asked me if I was hurt. And I was able to say only my pride um, as I failed the attempt miserably and one that I was confident in my head that I could have pulled off um, as I've been able to do so a few years ago when I had last tried it. But I feel like I'm a better person for the experience. And I mean, just that experience of going through hard challenges with people who were, for the most part, strangers. And then by the end of this four or five hour ordeal, I now consider them friends. And it was just quite a testament to my life in general. And as a matter of fact, what I loved about this this particular Spartan race and this team, the way that we did it, was you had a team. There were eight of us. And if you came up on an event, if one of you couldn't do the event, then you had to do a bunch of burpees. And if, you, if you've never done a burpee, um, go look up online what a burpee is. They're, they're just not fun. And they're difficult. And I think you were supposed to do uh, 30 of them if you didn't do one of these events. And that's a lot of burpees. And there were 30-something events. But what was so neat about the team event was if we got up to one of these obstacles and one of us couldn't do it, and we all tried, um, someone else could do it for you or someone else could do it in your stead. And then uh, you wouldn't have to do the burpees. Or if we had to do burpees, if two or three of us just couldn't do the event, then we could all spread the burpees out between us, which was, again, what an amazing experience as a team. And let me pause and try to take a drink here before I uh, get into this poem. Okay, I'm back. I don't know if that, I don't think that actually even helped very much. A uh, quick funny tangent uh, after this Spartan race, um, at a, uh, we volunteered at a crab feed. My son is part of a, um, uh, the high school basketball team. It's such a neat experience. They go volunteer at this crab feed with just hundreds and hundreds of people. It was loud. It was fun. It was such a, such a fun experience. But uh, I, my voice was already gone. I had done this Spartan race. I was already starting to feel just beat and tired and whooped. And I had a conversation with a friend who we were actually talking a little bit about mental health and psychology. And he wasn't aware that I had a podcast. And I was uh, trying to talk to him a little bit about some of the topics that I cover. So I'm having to yell with this voice at the end of that day at this place that was very loud. And it hurt. Oh, my voice hurt. Um, but uh, but again, I digress. It was I couldn't help myself because this person was just so um, excited to talk about mental health issues and psychology. And so there's nothing that I enjoy more than talking about that. So so back to this um, this event and being able to help and, and have this team experience and do difficult things that I that I never knew that I could do. Um, there are things that we don't want to do or that we secretly want to do in life, but we don't do them because we're afraid of looking embarrassed or that we might fail. 
And here's where all the cliches could come in, right? No pain, no gain. Or uh, I was even trying to apply this one in my head. It's better to have what lost in love than never to have loved at all. I feel like that phrase can almost be applied in so many situations as in it was better to have attempted a Spartan race and kind of not done as well as I thought um, than, than not have ever attempted one at all. So this experience or this thought had me reflecting on a poem that a friend of mine just sent me last week. Um, it's one called Our Deepest Fear, and it's by an author named Mary Ann Williamson. And you can find out all about her at, she's got a great website, Marianne, M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E dot com. Just it, Marianne.com. She's written several books, but I believe she's best known for this poem. And uh, the, the way that it was brought up with a friend of mine was he was talking about how it's often attributed to Nelson Mandela. And even if you uh, if you look up this on Marianne's website, um, she's aware of this, uh, but it's actually taken from her book, A Return to Love. And though since it's often quoted as part of Nelson Mandela's moving inaugural speech, um, this our deepest fear, this this poem does not actually appear in the speech. And Marianne Williamson herself has commented on this mistaken attribution. You can find out more about that on her website. So let me read this poem and let me kind of set this up. Um, I'll read the poem and then I'll end. I don't want to come back to it at the end of the poem and muddy things up. I just want to let it sit and I want it to resonate. And if you're not in your car or if you're not at the gym, I would love to challenge you to take a moment and just do a bit of meditation and think about what your deepest fear is in the context of this poem. Um, Perhaps you can think a bit more intentionally this week on what you feel or what you discover or what you hear deep inside your soul after you hear this poem. And I'll share with you that this concept is exactly what kept me from putting myself out there with regard to starting this very podcast. And now it honestly almost, it makes me sad or even almost angry to think that my deepest fear could have gotten the way or sabotaged me of putting myself out there with this podcast, which has brought me so much joy and satisfaction and interaction with so many good people, so many amazing guests, and has allowed me to hopefully connect with a few listeners who have then been able to strengthen their marriages or feel more confident as parents or to be able to break the chains of addiction. So let me get to the poem. And I truly do wish um, wish you the best for whatever you discover about yourself after hearing this poem. So the poem, Our Deepest Fear, by Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Thank you so much for joining me today on the virtual couch. Thanks for putting up with this voice today. And uh, I just, I hope that this poem may resonate. That who are you not to be? That you truly are a child of God. And your playing small doesn't serve the world. Um, Go and find out how you can let your light shine. So that you can unconsciously give other people that permission to do the same. Liberate yourself from your own fear. And your presence in doing so automatically liberates others.
Have a great week, and I'll see you next time, hopefully with a better voice on the virtual couch.